Welcome to In the Eyes Off. For the second episode of the Lebanon series, we are joined by Eric Matthew Ritter. Eric is a fashion designer academic who founded Emergency Room, an ethical fashion brand based in Beirut, Lebanon. I hope you find this episode very insightful, as did we. Eric Matthew Ritter, welcome to the podcast In the Eyes Off. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you started your label, The Emergency Room, Beirut? Okay. That's a very long story. <laughs> We can start with just yourself. Well, uh, I'm I'm Eric Matthew Ritter. I'm half French and half Lebanese, but I grew up here in Beirut, where I'm a fashion designer. I have my own brand. It's called Emergency Room, and I'm a fashion instructor. So I teach fashion design at university at Alba, which is the Lebanese Academy for Fine Arts. Okay, that's very interesting. I didn't know you were also a fashion professor, like academic professor. So how did you start your label? Well, you know, when I graduated, uh, right after I graduated, I went to uh, Paris for an internship. I was thinking that that was going to be it. It was the dream. I'll be big in Paris. But uh, I was quickly, you know, disillusioned. I realized that the best you can do in Paris is climb the social ladder in a career and get to a good position where you're very well paid. But that will not necessarily bring you happiness. And I was not very happy being away from my family, my friends, my hometown. So I just decided to come back. Um, and at first I worked with a Lebanese designer for a whole year. So I was in, in his studio but I was somehow still unhappy and I could not really understand why. And at some point I was, you know, planning to move altogether to a whole different uh, country. And that's when I was also working on a freelance project. Uh, it was a project with an NGO up in the north in Tripoli. And the point of the project, the purpose was to uh, direct a group of women that were following vocational trainings that were intensive and supposed to teach them different techniques, how to sew, how to knit, how to embroider. And my point was to, my goal was just to make them all come together and create a very uh, a uniform collection. Uh, so that's a collection that would look good and that would uh, encompass all of their different uh, capacities. And that's when I discovered the North. I discovered Tripoli, which is a city that is much more different than Beirut, if you want to say it that way. It's still somehow set back, somehow still very traditional, with very strong values, very conservative too. But the, in Tripoli, they have also a souk. So it's like a souk with markets. And in that souks, there's also like a lot of thrift stores where a lot of uh, clothes arrive from uh, the Western world, so mostly from Europe and our case, and they're resold to people. And I used to see, you know, all of these materials. And at the same time, I was getting to know these women that needed to work. And at that time, also, I was reading a lot about what's happening in the world, what's happening in the fashion industry. It was like three years ago. So uh, we had already started think talking about how bad fast fashion is, how we have to slow down our practices, how it's important to put ethics and the environment at the core of what you do. And that's when I realized that even though I never wanted to have a brand because I don't believe it's, I have any different aesthetic that is so special that I need to create my own brand, I was like, you know, I need to create a brand simply because I want to show people and I want to show the world that you can do 
you can do it. You can have a, a fashion business that is ethical and the treatment of the workers and that is sustainable and the way you source your materials while at the same time being fun, being cool, being hip and, you know, just enjoying the, the ride. And I agree so much, especially with what you said, you know, fast fashion and non-ethical clothing that is, you know, it's a topic that is often discussed right now, you know, maybe because of its popularity or what we're going on through life. And I want to ask you, so what were your values as a designer back then when you decided to start your brand? And do they still remain and showcase as part of your brand? Well, you know, it was really a ride. It was, um, I was on a journey of self-discovery. I graduated, I was only 20, 21. And it took me a couple of years, I would say uh, two years, to get to the point where I had developed uh, this set of value, where I had been in different places and realized what is going wrong in these places, what I do not want to do, what do I do not want to pass on, what I do not want to perpetrate, and to basically come up with my own set of values, which would be the ones that I would use all along my career and starting with uh, this business or this label that I founded, which is Emergency Room. And was it something different in Lebanon or was this kind of labels already starting to be created? Like this ethical, sustainable brands? Like I know there are a couple in Beirut, so was yours kind of like incentive of working? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you work with art artisans you know people who use handcrafts and stuff like this so are many is this a trend in lebanon or is it something that was just like set up ever since around that time you know when i started working i started working on ethical sustainable clothing slow fashion out of a need out of a necessity out of a realization that we really do need to start doing things differently and uh, as i started developing my brand three years ago I've started, you know, realizing that I am not alone and uh, somehow all over the world in every country on every continent, whether it's in America and South America and Asia, in Australia, like in Europe. So everybody there, we were like a bunch of designers that were starting to question the system and starting to wonder if we could do it another way. And while doing it this other way, uh, is there a place for us? Because, you know, it's, fashion industry is such a closed industry which has its practices and its norms and has been functioning in a certain way since forever. Um, you know, you have these fashion weeks that are very centralized. They're in four major big cities and that's where everybody goes to sell collections and quantities. And so it's very hard to sort of uh, decide or to choose to not go into that stream and to sort of uh, be disruptive and do it another way. And that's why it's challenging. And that's why I started looking around, you know. And that's how I also realized that I was not the only one. And people all over the world started realizing that they did not really necessarily have to go with the stream. And it was worth it to try and challenge it. So I, I'm definitely not the only one in the world. I'm definitely not the only one in Lebanon. And I'm very happy that a lot of us are working differently because the more we are, the, the quicker we'll be able to balance the scale and to shift things and to uh, a better way of doing. And uh, somehow, whatever is happening this year is sort of helping us. So I want to dive in a little bit more on your brand because I look through it and you have so many 
your brand touches so many social activism topics. I think you have one collection called Daddy Issues, which talks about the absence of other figures in Lebanese immigration. So I wanted to ask you, how did you decide that you also wanted to do social activism, not just ethical fashion in your brand? And how has that shaped it and shaped yourself too? The thing is that from the very beginning of establishing the brand, uh, I knew I wanted it to be a slow fashion brand that is built in total opposition of fast fashion and all of its practices. So today, uh, the brand is mainly based or supported by three pillars, which are first and foremost, the sustainable approach, the sustainable sourcing of fabrics, which is environmentally friendly, then the ethical treatment of garment workers, and finally, the third pillar, and that's somehow the, the, the least direct one and the more complicated one to explain, but it's representation. It's the celebration of individuality in opposition to the communication of fast fashion brands. Because what fast fashion brands do, just like fast food brands, is advertise in a way where they would always picture very perfect couple or very per happy people that are usually somehow blonde with blue eyes and looking perfect and happy wearing that t-shirt and the, I, the idea behind it is to make everybody want to be that person and be that perfect and be that happy so they're gonna go and buy the t-shirt and they're not gonna be happy obviously because a t-shirt doesn't make you happy so and then that cool people are going to be wearing something else so you're going to have to want and go buy something else so that's that's the way that these fast fashion brands work so in our communication we decidedly uh, we decided very quickly to not work in that way but to rather work on a very different approach which is to celebrate indiv individuality you know it's not important for us to be to show happy people or like to show a perfect people we want to show real people real people that are very diverse we want to celebrate all sorts of genders all sorts of bodies all sorts of personalities and we aim to show people that uniqueness or individuality when you're comfortable in being yourself that's how you are truly not happy but you are truly uh, satisfied you know and that's very important and obviously this gets you to touch on certain subjects that are important to talk about and somehow grounds uh, us, us and grounds our brand in reality. So uh, whenever we have something that is going to happen, a collection, a video, communication campaign, it's very important for us to ground it in facts that are actual. Okay, that's very, very interesting. So. What do you say that this search for individuality is also part of issues going on or problems going on just in Lebanon or all around the world specifically? I would say that, uh, you know, first and foremost, it's, it comes hand in hand with the business system that we have. We're not producing uh, quantities of the same piece, piece so we can't do a hundred uh, t-shirts that are exactly the same. We are by by default. Our production is very unique. We create one of a kind garments. So obviously, it's important for us to promote the fact that you need to be different. You need to have your own personality. You need to have your own jacket, which is going to be different from the others' jackets. But th this is grounded not only in Lebanon. I feel like in the whole world. I feel like now we're in, like kind of complicated today because we're not no longer going out as much. But launching the brand two years ago, it was at a time where people were really go outgoing. And Beirut is a very 
very, very busy city where the nightlife is very active in usual times, obviously. So it's a city where people go out, go out a lot, you know, and they like to be somehow uh, social. They like to get to know people. And it was important for us somehow to celebrate individuality and to create outstanding pieces that really makes you stand out because uh, that's the only way also that people will actually look at you. People will actually look at the people and ask them where, you know, where's that piece from? And only then people might be able to say this piece is from this brand and they do sustainable fashion. It's made out of upcycled materials and there are no two alike. And that's only the way, that's how we will also get the um, conversation going and make it happen in circles where we are not directly involved. So obviously that's why it's important to celebrate individuality and to promote it. So it has been very well perceived from what you say in your own community, you know, the label, like people have really liked it and embraced it for what it represents and what it means. From there, I want to talk a little bit more, if you'd like, about the current situation in Lebanon and how, you know, because the label is part of the creative community, of the fashion community, which is a very big one and rich one in all of Lebanon, I would say. So I wanted to ask you, how has the current situation impacted the creative community overall? Or to you, if you want to talk about a specific area. What aspect of the current situation? The humanitarian crisis, economic crisis, COVID, you know, the blast, everything. Yeah, because I know there's like a, it's so big, it's not just one thing going on. Yes, no, definitely. It's really like important to like remember that and to uh, acknowledge that we're going through, I would say, uh, four issues at the same time, which started at uh, the beginning of last year with the like uh, mid-October, with the beginning of uh, the Sabrad revolution, where uh, people took, took the streets to basically request uh, a change in the way we're being uh, led and governed. And I think that has not changed. This is ongoing. And through the multiple uh, things that happened afterwards, whether it's the pandemic, the economical crisis, or the, the blast that happened only two months ago, all of that were just like uh, reminders of how incompetent our government is. So whatever started at that time last year is still very much relevant today. So at first it was really important as a brand to stand with the people, to be next to them, you know, as, as, uh, as artists and as designers and as people who are creatives. It's important to join forces with the people and kind of transcribe or um, illustrate or like um, represent the ideas that are being shared, whether we're painting or whether we're doing clothes or whether we're communicating on wearing clothes. So that obviously in integrated not only my brand and not only our ways of communication, but most designers. And obviously after that, you know, going through the economical uh, struggles, it was important to adapt not only in the way we not only what we show and what we say, but also our business model to sort of be understanding, to take it upon ourselves sometimes, to reduce our profit margins, to sort of like be understanding and cooperative and collaborative and just like understand the the struggles of, of the our community. And uh, obviously after that, the, 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 the blast, it was very complicated to overcome for physical material damages and uh, somehow all along, all along, you know, the many people that are have left are leaving and are going um, 
to leave that that is not easy so it's obviously like you know it shifts it, it troubles a system it troubles an, a, a business especially a young one like ours we've had to adapt we've had to change uh, where where I was before where I was a year ago talking about uh, the importance of circular economy and the fact that I do not want to export my product what's what which was very radical obviously today I cannot afford to to be this radical anymore uh, it's very important for us today to be able to export our products because that that means that we can keep the people that we work with we can make them work and we're able to export our products to people that are abroad and that can buy them because most of our community now is abroad and people that are here are very much they don't have as much money as they used to so you know it shifts it shifts your way of doing we've adapted every step of the way and we'll probably still have to adapt but it's interesting at the same time because you know a lot of people wonder why we do it why we keep doing it why we're not stopping why we don't move it's important that to these people and to everybody else i think it's important that they realize that we're going through changing times where everything is changing not only in the country but in the world lots of things are changing and lots of things are going to change and you know i started this brand out of a need to change how things are happening so if I let go now, or if I give up now, or if I stop now, then it's, uh, it was never meant to, like, I shouldn't have started in the beginning. So now is the time for me to, to actually be working. Now is the time for designers who've been wanting change to happen to actually stand firmly on their ground and keep doing what they're doing and keep believing that it will work, you know? Of course, and I think that's very true what you're saying because your values from that back then still align, even if it's much harder to be able to keep them or to represent them. Are many brands moving away from Lebanon or... Because you've talked about how you perceive the situation that people are moving away because they cannot just, you know, remain in the situation they're in right now. So how do you, as a person, perceive that part of what's going on? No, it's tricky. It's very tricky because we're in a country today that has... which are our, our money, our va the value of our money has crashed. So now today, whenever you want to buy something that is important, it's at least five times more expensive than it, w it used to be. So it's important to realize that we're a small, we're a tiny country and we don't produce much. Even if we do have seamstresses and tailors and very great artisans and craftsmen, we don't have raw materials. So we do import most of the fabrics we use to create the clothes we are designing and producing. So for most designers, it's been a very challenging time. We at, at Emergency Room, we're very lucky because we do upcycling. So we work with materials that are discarded. We work with materials that are thrown. We work literally with almost trash, if you want to call it that way. So for us, you know, when everybody else around us was starting to sort of becoming weak and giving up and stuff, we were just like prevailing. We were continue work, continuing to work. There were some pieces that we do which are made using imported materials that we were not doing. But it was important for me to kind of tell my whole team that we've been working with, uh, you know, upcycled materials, somehow maybe shyly. Now is the time to really go for it. Use whatever you can find, use every curtain you can find, use every pair of jeans you can find. 
and and that's what we've been doing and uh, that's how we've been able to also kind of establish and show that uh, what we started is very relevant now more than ever but for other designers for friends that are have been working for a while it's much more complicated i think because they did not have all of that that is already established if you want I started the brand two years ago and I started with upcycling. So it's not that I had to shift to it. While others should shift to it if they want to be able to keep their prices as low as they were and not have uh, prices that are skyrocketing like the raw materials prices are skyrocketing while at the same time trying to make sales abroad because that's the only way they can actually sell pieces at relevant or like fair prices because in this country today, if you want to sell a product at its international market rate, nobody would buy it, you know? It's a reality that's very hard to explain, honestly. Uh, even now talking to you, I think it's very hard to explain. Even you know, as I'm building uh, the online store and trying to price the products nowadays, it's very complicated to do. We're very separated from the world at the moment. We're very separated from uh, international standards. So if I tell you, like, I don't know, for example, my a pants is, uh, is $200, it might be nothing for someone that's in Europe, but for people here, it's going to be so expensive. So we're kind of like constantly wrapping our heads around what is the best price to put on things, what's the best way to work with things, what are the items that we should stop producing, what should we produce more of, and stuff like that. Yes, and I believe, as you said, it's a challenging time. It's a time to reform and transform and just see how to prevail and keep going. So one of the recurring questions on the podcast is what are some of the possible upcoming challenges that you will face personally and professionally and how do you plan to overcome them? And I know it's a big question, so you don't have to answer both. It's a, it's a rough both. question because I hope that there are no new challenges. At the moment, I really hope that all the challenges are around. <laughs> so, um, it's a tough what question. What are the challenges you have right now? I think that would be a better one. Well, the challenges were, like, exactly, I think maybe I've talked about it, uh, uh, but it's very important for us to kind of connect with people abroad, uh, with people that are in other countries, to try and communicate what we do to these people and hope that these people will want to encourage us by purchasing products from our online shop because that's the only way that we can keep on doing what we do and staying here, doing it here. So that's very important. And I, I don't only say it in our case, but I would like if whoever is listening to us right now to think that the way you buy things is very important. Like we tend to not realize it because we've been conditioned not to think of it that way. But every penny, every dollar, every bit of money you spend is actually as important as voting. You know, you go and you give money to people. And it's never th something you need to not think about. It's very important to always think about it. There was this, uh, it's a very funny story, but for a very long time, I used to get my morning coffee from the same place, you know, without overthinking it. For me, it was just a coffee. But then I heard some days that, someday that the, basically the owners of this coffee place, uh, I do not align with in terms of ideals and value and uh, politics. So, you know, it was just a stupid math that I did in my mind and it was, if I pay $4 every day for a year, how much money am I giving this person that doesn't share the same belief that I have? And 
that got me to uh, that's just the way I go about explaining to people how important it is to really inform yourself on what you're purchasing even if it's a coffee and even more if it's a piece of garment even more if it's a t-shirt you know you should really question everything if it's a t-shirt that's only five dollars question it because it's not normal and go and pay a t-shirt that's 20 or 40 dollars if you're sure that it's being made in a place with people that need that money because they needed to keep on doing what they're doing and it's not a you're not your basic your money is not basically going to go to the pockets of a multi-millionaire person who's only going to buy himself a new villa or a new pool or extend his collection of cars you know so it's very important to 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 think of that and so a challenge is to communicate that to everybody, to keep on uh, communicating what we do and uh, joining with uh, small brands and small businesses around the world that are doing that because sure, it's important to buy from the, your local products, from your local designers all around you, but obviously small designers have very limited offers at the same time you know if you i don't know where you are specifically but maybe around you you only have five designers that are local and because they're, they're small businesses they're not going to do very different things every season every year so it's important also to look for small businesses elsewhere too so that's what i hope to achieve and i hope that more people will be conscious of that and i think it's very true. I agree on what you said about we have to think about money more often, about our daily actions, like you said, with the coffee, because after all, it's a social stand, like it's a, it's a political thing, every single choice that we make, because it affects directly our community. So we're heading towards the end of the podcast. I want to ask you if there's anything you want to say or just another topic you want to really talk about. This is the moment. Uh, I feel like we've covered most of the important things that matter to me. Maybe just quickly a, a word because as an academic I see it very much happening around me. I think we're going through, you know, very difficult and challenging times, especially in the educational sector. And I can I see so easily people giving up on that uh, field and giving up on that sector. And I think it's not only important that we don't because we're formatters that are here to educate and to train and to convey ideas to people but so first and foremost i think it's very important that all of us realize how important it is our duty to transmit and to educate and to raise but also to realize that we should also do that by disconnecting and detaching ourselves from what we've known all along i think that we very very uh, rarely question things or we keep on doing things the same way and that's very very tricky i'm very i'm very young and i'm lucky to be a young professor because i think that maybe more complicated for older ones to do so we're just they're used to passing on what they know without questioning it and i think it's very important that we do question what we teach what we pass on and it's important to do that not only like in that field but in general around us i think that we're going in a world which really really needs us to put our ego aside which really needs us to be open to change, to be open to debate, to be open to acknowledging mistakes or things that we've thought about wrong, the wrong way and to modify that. We're, I think we're going, we're in a, 
place where people so easily point fingers at look at that and look at this and look at him and he said that and he's not like it will and i just feel like it will not be get better by pointing out the people that are not doing the right thing or it becomes a bit tricky and instead of doing that i think it's very important to keep on talking so uh thank you very much for doing this podcast and it's very important that more people like you exist and more people get people talking get uh, people to share and to sort of you know um come down from wherever they are from uh, put their ego aside and be open minded and share with one another because we really need to reconnect to each other we really need to reconnect to what is important and we really need to reconnect to be able to face you know things that are becoming increasingly more oppressing well eric i want to thank you so much for this conversation for taking the time you know this past few months i think that we've been talking just going back and forth and i want to also mention that i really admire your resilience and your ability to adapt to everything that is happening so thank you so much for that i do believe we need more people that inspire us this way and thank you so much for this conversation you're welcome anytime i hope to someday meet you thank you